0: Let the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable always in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, since we live in Arizona, we don't have to worry about a time change but I couldn't resist sharing this excerpt that I found online. There's all kinds of songs floating out there reminding people they have to turn their clocks and wake up earlier and all this stuff, but this one applies to us. Try to remember in March or November where, whether we're the same time as L.A. or Denver... <laughs> At least we don't have to change. No one here had to lose an hour of sleep because of the time change, and that is good. Okay, so Lent started 10 days ago, and we're now well into Lent, settling in for our journey together, a journey that offers us this chance to recognize our past and to know that with God's help, will have ample opportunities to live into a new and possibly more hopeful future. Last week in the sermon, we all learned about how Luke's gospel spoke to a first century audience using the language of the Roman oppressor that they understood in their day. And that how Jesus has a counterbalance to this was absolutely unflinching in his resolve to see the kingdom of God proclaimed right here, right now. Today's series of readings take us on a little bit of a different path. A place that continues to call us into a journey with God, but in a slightly different way. Our Old Testament lesson, I love this lesson. Abram is dreaming and conversing with God, and in his dream, Abram recounts the past hurts of his life. He looks at all the good and the bad, and the story tells us that most of all, he laments not having an heir. But instead of God just promising him one heir, what does God do? God invites Abram out to look up at the stars to see the possibilities of endless future generations that link back to him. The possibilities that his life and his family and his recognition of the one true ever-living God continues into thousands of generations into the future. And then notice what our reading says. It says, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. As Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned to him as righteousness. Did you catch that? Because Abram, going out of that state of lament, Abram saw the hope that God was giving him, because Abram believed that God and the universe ultimately had a purpose of love, that because Abram could take himself out of this mindset of despair and scarcity and could shift, and he could shift into a place of hope and possibility, God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Now, we don't use that word a whole lot In our common language, righteousness, it's that Old Testament word that means God setting things right, setting people right, setting situations right, making the wrongs of the world right, and just by Abram being willing to dwell in the hope of God's promises, God deems him righteous. Let's compare this to our gospel today. In it, Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God. The setting is he's traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God, lifting up the poor, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, and accomplishing exactly what he himself intends to accomplish on earth. To show all of humankind how to love like God loves. To show us that we're never, ever removed from the love of God, and to demonstrate that the hope God's divine love offers the world, that that hope is here and now. It's not tomorrow, it's now. We have, though, the way our, our, our reading starts today, a very kind of defensive, almost ornery Jesus in today's gospel. Yes, that's true. But listen to what he says when he proclaims, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. His work isn't done, and he isn't letting the threat of some type of puppet king like King Herod stop him. The kingdom of God is here and now because of Jesus That's the entire theme of Luke's gospel, the entire theme. And so Jesus intends today to keep going, to keep his ministry, to make it continue onward. And this is where we come in. So let's stop for a minute and think. Lent started a week and a half ago. And on Ash Wednesday, we acknowledged where we have come from in our lives. We imposed ashes. And God forgave us. We started our worship today, and we've immersed ourselves in the Word of God. And in a few minutes, we'll confess our sins again, and God will forgive us again. This pattern is not meant just for Lent. And it's not, it's certainly not for Lent to be some type of doom and gloom, but rather it's an invitation into something greater, into something deeper, into something that's more hopeful for tomorrow, an opportunity to look up to the stars, to see a place in our present reality where we walk just a little bit closer alongside God and start learning about the things God is up to in the world. We go deeper though. We're invited to go deeper during Lent. We go deeper with learning about what God is up to. And it happens when we see good things happening in the world. We as a congregation continue to take a deep dive in ministry by supporting our local elementary school partnerships at Garfield and Dunbar. And then we We learn about God restoring us when we host events like blood drives, which we had on Friday and it was a tremendous success, or a fundraiser for Ukraine, we'll talk about that during the announcements, or responding to any other kind of crisis. We also discern further about the things of God too when we make a personal commitment to imitate the practices of Jesus through feeding others, Healing others, restoring others, visiting the sick, making things right in the world. All of those practices help us go deeper into our own journey with the living God. By doing all of this stuff, by doing all of these things, which are really good, we do get closer to God. But sometimes all that doing makes us tired. It certainly can, it made Jesus tired. It can make us so tired that our mind starts playing tricks on us. We start questioning whether or not God really loves us. It may make us feel depressed or feel discouraged or feel like somehow we are just not enough. Plenty of us are going through this right now. We've all navigated through tidal waves of change. I think it's this Sunday two years ago was the last Sunday we met in person and then went virtual. We've navigated through tidal waves of change, but with God's never-ending help, we are okay. We've gone through tons of change, and we're still uncertain about all kinds of things in the future. Unless you happen to be clairvoyant, the majority of us have no idea what the future holds. And so today reminds us that even though we can do a great deal of reflection, reflection about our life, about ourselves, our community, even though we can do a lot of reflecting on the good, the bad, and the ugly, God promises to always be there. Always. To be there in the midst of all of it. God's ultimate goal, after all, is to love us to invite us into a place of hope, just like Abram, to invite us into a realm where we can look up and see the stars. We can see a greater possibility for ourselves, and I will walk with God in the next hour or in the next day, well into the future. The hope that God calls us into is one of blessing and restoration, And our invitation, therefore, is to cultivate that hope. There's no quick fix for the challenges of today. There is, however, an antidote to the doom and gloom in the news. There's a counterbalance to the devastation of war. There's a remedy for the post-COVID fatigue and languishing of our age. And that remedy is God and God's promises to Abram and Jesus's promise to us. That promise that if we live in hope, if we immerse ourselves in the love of God and expect God to love us, that if we live into those promises of God, God will bless us. God will deem us righteous And the kingdom of God will surround us with restoration and care and support and encouragement for us to face anything that confronts our future. God will equip us to continue to do the good work that we continue to do. But God will give us more. God will change us in some ways. God will give us an awareness to see out there whom we have not yet welcomed. God will change our vision to see those in society whom we've ignored. God will give us ears to hear the cries of those in need. And God will give us strength to strengthen our hands to welcome others, to serve in the world in an even bolder way with an even more emboldened sense of love. The hope starts now. All we have to do is begin by looking up to the stars to allow God to bless us with that never-ending blessing that God wants to offer us. All we have to do is open our hearts to this possibility, to seek out The good in everything, to see through the lens of love that God sees everything through. And the love of God and the grace of Jesus and the hope that Christ is for the world, the hope of Christ for me, the hope of Christ for us, the hope of Christ for everyone, that the hope of the world will fill us and transform us and change us to live in a new way for this community and for the blessing of everyone in this generation, and for every generation to come. That's the hope God gave to Abram, and that's the hope that Jesus knows that we can receive too. When we start by looking up to the stars, to dream new dreams like God dreams... To continue Jesus' ministry onward for all people everywhere and to recognize that today Christ has a mission to accomplish in this world and his mission continues to be accomplished through us. Today we are invited to be a people of hope.